This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Elizabeth Hasselbeck is an Emmy award-winning talk show host, and she is a best-selling author. And I'm so happy that you came to be with us on Takeaways today. I am so glad to be here. Thank you for being such a kind host. It's so fun to be here in Nashville, and this is your hometown now for the last eight years? Yes, correct. Yeah, well, how do you like raising a family here? We absolutely love it. We love, love, love raising a family here. There is definitely some, a little bit of magic in the air, in the soil, in the water. Uh, But pound for pound, I still think California probably has the most to offer of any state in the union. Is that true? You you want the mountains? We got them. We've got Yosemite. We got mountains. You want the ocean and the sunset right down into the water? The Pacific? We got it. If you want to go snow skiing, water skiing on the same day, we got cities. We got deserts. We got agricultural land. It's pretty fantastic. I still think Tennessee wins. <laughs> well, let's I think t- we're going to lure you here. <laughs> I want to talk to you about uh, point of view. You've had such uh, a diverse career. You've done so many different things. One of the things that you talk about, which I find so great, is this idea of looking into the rearview mirror and seeing where God has taken you in the past, right? You can't change the past. You can't go back and redo it. But there is an ability to look and see the faithfulness of God behind us. Can you, can you talk a little bit about why you think God has such value in looking back? Well, I think reflection is where you actually get to do the work um, with the work that God has done in your heart. You know, so if, you, mm. if you're able to reflect upon, like, where was I? Where did, what did God have for me there? What was I asking of him? What did he do in my heart? Mm. And where did he bring me? I think those are just powerful questions that I've been able to ask myself. And really because I've gone from survivor where I, I tend to like be a bungee jumper in life. Like what adventure awaits next? Okay. And if God is like, you're going to do this, professionally, I'm going to go do it. It doesn't matter what it is. Like I'm, I'm sort of an unafraid walk on to teams. Like, Hey, yeah. anybody want to <laughs> let me try out? I yeah. will. I did Throw it. Me in. I'm Throw ready me to go. In. And, um, I think that spirit that God obviously put in my heart, a little bit unafraid of rejection and a little bit of, um, of lack unafraid of, of starvation and death. Yeah. <laughs> and you're kind of unafraid of a lot of things. I did. I went on survivor. I wanted to know what I was made of. And I found out not much without God and I like snacks. So this was, (laughs) it was great. I found, I really, it revealed to me that I loved the man that is my husband now. And it revealed to me that ultimately I cannot survive without the word of God. And Mm. so it was such a powerful time to be like plucked from your reality, put somewhere else. And then um, that was all just wild preparation for the table of the view. So I really thank Survivor for um, trying me for mm. 39 days in the Australian outback with nine out of the 10 deadliest snakes and then preparing me for the table at The View. When we look in the rearview mirror, sometimes we see, wow, that was really great. Um, and then there's other things we look back and we say, man, I'm so glad I got through that. Why did I even have to go through that? Mm-hmm. But maybe that actually is preparation for what's coming up ahead of you. And without that, you won't be prepared for what you need to deal with. And the scariest thing of all, I know, was hosting on The View. Because you had Whoopi Goldberg standing next to you. You have Joy Behar sitting next to you. And then my sister Candace, the most terrifying of all. No, she is the <laughs> no, most lovely not. of them all. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I actually felt bad. Like I should, I left. I was like passing a baton to her. And I'm like, I'll be praying for you <laughs> every day. So do you think that being on Survivor and some of the other things really did prepare you for what could have been 
a, a really, or maybe it was a really challenging environment there on The View. I believe whether it's Survivor or it's your school lunch table, or if it's your family situation, you're, it's all preparation. Yeah. You know, God is not going to assign a platform to you without preparation in your heart first. Yeah. So I do, in point of view, I talk about these wild experiences and I'm like, whether it be um, that split screen moment that I don't really even like to talk about or um, the challenges at the table taking positions um, that I know God led my heart to have yeah. that came with forms of persecution that are minimal compared to what we see in the world, but in our United States In this today, culture and in the culture in that room, that was not the popular position. Yeah, social persecution You were gonna get a lot of high fives and amens no. from Whoopi or Joy. But I will say it, it was a blessing and a privilege when I say that word, it was like a social persecution, like a friend pinching you, like Joy making a joke out of you because you took a, a position on an issue. But um, I find joy in that because I think that Whoopi and I to this day are great friends. We think nothing alike. We, I, I literally, we think the other person's a little off, right, yeah. on, on these topics. However, yeah. we connect because we have a shared heart in loving people well, and we really do care about one another. We don't have to see things the same way. Like, I enjoy getting behind the lens of someone and checking out their point of view on a subject, and I hope that they can at least, like, check mine out. And then ultimately, like, my goal is to just try as best as possible to get behind the lens that God wants us mm. to have biblically. And um, sometimes that's just not popular, but it doesn't mean we have to have broken relationships. I actually believe that God grieves when we're in broken relationships. He likes unity in Christ. So yeah. I, I'm so grateful for my relationship with Whoopi. It shocks most people. I'll call her up on any day and yeah. we just have a great talk. But it's hard at times to be the lone voice at the table. Mm. How did you have the confidence to speak uh, in accordance with your biblical worldview, maybe they put you there, and not just you, but whoever was in the position, whether it was Candace or you, as the token Christian just to dump on you and mock the position that you held. That how, do you, how do you stand up in that? God alone. God. Like the Holy Spirit just at my back. I mean, in some days when you know, and Candace would tell you this, when you try to do it in your own power, you lack joy, your effort fails at some point. And you end up losing not just the battle of words and rhetoric and debate, but you yeah. end up losing your spirit in it. So I think what I've, I learned over the decade of being there, 10 years of showing up again mm, <laughs> in the ring 10 and years on taking the some punches. Um, I think that it, God just, he guided me and I, I didn't always do it perfectly, but I hope that overall it was glorifying to him at the end of every day. Mm, um, yeah. And you get some things wrong, but then there's tomorrow. <laughs> And you right. ask him for more help. And then there's Fox News. And then there's Fox News. And then you switch over to Fox News. What a different environment. What was it like to, to, to work on Fox News? Well, thankfully, The View did not renew my contract. So I had this wonderful opportunity to go and chase down another job at Fox. You know, people can say they didn't renew my contract. We went in a different direction. They wanted somebody else at the table. And I was brokenhearted. I was brokenhearted that The View, it crushed me. I, I had at the time when I write about an asthma attack. And if you read, I detail the day, I think it was a panic attack mm. because I felt rejected. Yeah. And I think most of the time we can have these spiritual panic attacks and we feel rejection. Mm -hmm. And I have, I don't have flight in me, I have fight in me. And so I went stomping down in my heels to Fox. <laughs> Do you have any openings? Yeah. And they did. And Barbara Walters actually called Roger Ailes and she testified to the skill set that I had and what I could bring. And they had an opening. It was a blessing um, that I think I chased a little too soon. Um, I talk about it in the book, how you can get ahead of God's calling. 
I actually think he was asking me to slow down for maybe okay. a year. Um, but I charged ahead and he met me there. But I went, uh, the environment at Fox was so awesome. Autonomy and encouragement. And I could complete sentences. It was amazing. Mm. <laughs> it was shockingly peaceful. And one of the best work environments that I've ever been a part of. And I will say, the, I ruined it myself because I forgot that I didn't have to charge ahead on my own efforts alone. Mm. And in fear of not being good enough or not knowing enough news stories, you know, we had 27 interviews in three hours. We were covering everything from Benghazi to the ISIS situation to um, wars breaking out, beheading. I mean, a lot of things that were going on in the world. And I would just study at night because I wanted to be great for yeah. my team. And I didn't want to let anybody down. And I'd speak about what ended up being kind of the most dark time personally in my heart um, following the rejection of The View was really trying to outprove right. my capabilities on my own power. And I'll show you I'll show that you, you made a mistake. Watch this and watch me. And then I don't want to let my team down in the meantime. So the pressure I felt inside my mm. heart mm. was crushing. And it was crushing. And I, it took me too long to realize that I still had that same power of Christ in me that I could rely upon. In your book, you talk about seasons of, of shifts. What are some of the shifts that you, that you talk about in, in terms of being a mom, in terms of shifting careers, uh, th those kinds of things? Because shifts and change and new seasons and a new chapter of your life can be really stressful. I think Jeremiah 29, 11 is sort of where I would just continue to camp out in because I think I know the plans I have for myself, but. The word says, for I know the plans, meaning God has the plans to prosper you and not harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And um, wherever he led me, and I, I was taken out of the view and then took myself out of Fox because I hit a burnout point. Mm. And I think for women out there in the workforce, I just would encourage any woman out there that it's okay to take a break if you need to. Mm -hmm. And if, if you can, that was a privilege that I could do that. I don't take that for granted. Um, we made some changes when I stepped away from broadcasting. Um, you know, I have a hunger to get back in the game in some way. I've been writing and speaking in the meantime, and I'm grateful that God has given me this time to be more verbally quiet and more um, author-like and speaking-like mm -hmm. in other ways. But um, I do feel that hunger again. But I know it's a tough world to re-enter as a mom in, back into your workforce and back into the game again for a lot of women. So I would just encourage you to just trust God with it and then go for it. Ask for it and then train for it hard and then show up and be better than you ever were before. Two of the most important things in life are time and money. And when we're young, we're willing to sacrifice time and invest time to make money. And when we get older, we start, we flip the whole thing and we realize, wait a minute, I'm running out of time. Yes. I'll spend money to be able to spend more time with the people that I love. Correct. And so when it comes to shifts and getting in the game and doing things, I'm asking God for wisdom to say, when do I make a shift? Do I need to make a shift from this job to this job? Or do I need to make a shift back to my family? Are there other priorities that I may have neglected? How is God helping you to discern the right shift sure. at this season in your life? Such a great question, Kirk, because I, I think we're always examining this as parents. You know, I think the challenge would be if, if for anyone who is in a different situation to examine it just as much because we are, we're allotting our time somewhere. Are we stewarding our time and the time with the people God's given us well. And so I think that that's something that, um, you know, when I stepped away from um, that 2 a.m. wake up to, you know, 11 a.m. getting home, even though I was working mainly when everyone was asleep, I went from 
a very interactive, wanting to participate with the kids, um, having the desire to play with them, to being so burned out that I didn't even have desire, where I was just sort of there. And I think that was an extreme mm. version of what can happen to all of us at different times. Like, are we actually participating with our kids? Because I think the enemy wants us to be distracted from even the very people that we are with, even if it's five minutes. If you use your five minutes, it's awesome. God multiplies time. Mm. He's the author of time. So we might be thinking in terms of minutes and hours and weekends, but if we steward what he gives us well, he multiplies it. So be present, I think, is the, the gift that he's given us that sometimes is really robbed um, with distractions. So Bob's been a great teacher in that to me, and I'm trying to just hopefully make that adjustment in time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Elizabeth, um, you talk in your book all about contentment. And I think for some of us, it's just kind of this fuzzy, vague word that makes us a little uneasy because it, it seems to be really close to laziness. Totally. Uh, apathy, um, lack of ambition and drive. Yes. But Paul says, be, I've learned to be content in all circumstances. Yes. God wants us to be content. Not like we're constantly greedy and striving for more. It's, it's, it's never enough. Demystify contentment for us. Well, I'm in the process of that. Okay. So this is my latest. Okay, great. I like to take a project on. Okay. Because I feel like I have a lot of frustration and questions when it comes to faith. And contentment, be content, be content. I mean, we've walked through really hard seasons, particularly here in Nashville recently, where trying to be, it's not complacency, right? So it's not, I'm complacent with what is going on. I'm fine with that. We're to be faithful. And I think what um, the word contenting came over my heart. And so contenting to me means we're not fully understanding until the day. Okay, we're gonna get more and more, but we're not gonna fully understand until the day why bad things happen, even why great things happen. We, have, we yeah. cannot fully comprehend that, okay? So it's a, we're releasing and surrendering to the fact that we might not fully get it until the day. Okay, that's the word. Um, it is actually how you climb in the valleys, up the mountain, <laughs> scraping along through hard times that matters. And I think what Paul is hoping to convey and what he does is that we can be contenting. Contenting is how you go through these hard things. And it is camping out in the word of God. It is not understanding as we know it. It is standing under God's sovereignty, okay, with the tent and covering that we are covered by the blood of Christ. And we're gonna stand on the ground of his promises. Mm. And so where I hike, and how I move is affected by um, the choice in my heart to camp out in the word of God, keep my mind and my heart in the word of God. And that's how I'm gonna truck up this mountain. I'm not gonna cry less. I'm not gonna ache less. I'm not gonna grieve less. Mm. You know, I'm in a season of grief. I'm not gonna grieve less. I'm going to grieve differently on the ground of God's word, holding, standing on his promises. That's where I'm putting my tent. Okay, we've all been super stretched. We've been stretched this past three years. If anyone's not been stretched, we have been stretched, okay? But we have a God who sent his son to be stretched on the cross so that we are never out of his reach. We are completely under his covering. So my tent, okay, on this rocky hill that we are all walking through and trekking through, um, I choose the spirit of contenting, just camping out in his word and knowing that I'm covered. And it doesn't change what's happening. It changes 
how I'm hiking through it. And mm. um, so that's what, that's my project now that I'm currently writing on. So pray for me all because I'm being challenged in it myself. Am I content? Sometimes. Yeah. So I think it's the process of daily discipline and where you're pitching your heart and your mind. You're talking about needing grit, going through grief. You're going to be tired. You're going to be praising him in the storm. Mm -hmm. you're, you're not praying for the rain to go away. You're going to dance right in the middle of it because you're saying, I'm cool with what you're doing, God. Why? Because you're faithful. I believe that. And this is how we're going to truck up this mountain. And I'm covered. Um, and, I'm, and I'm covered. I'm not without covering. So it's different. Like I've, in Australia, the main thing that we worked on in Survivor was our covering. We needed a structure over us to protect us from the elements. They were still happening, but we are the main thing we worked on every day was making sure that we had a covering. Yeah. Point of survival. And it is the point of survival through this is not escaping difficulty because mm. we can't. Mm. In this world, you will have trouble. God said it. And I think that if we are not trekking along knowing that we are covered by a God and that we are on his promises, um, then of course you're going to face discontentment. Um, so I'm just contenting along and hopefully I'll have something to report back on it in a little while. Job had to learn to be content when he was in the middle of this storm that God allowed to happen to him uh, at the hand of, of the devil. You know, and, and he's, he's lost his family, he's lost his possessions, and you know, and, and yet he wouldn't curse God because he believed in the faithfulness of God. You know, though he slay me, yet still will I praise him. Yeah. As the old hymn goes, it is well with my soul. Mm -hmm. And the only way we get there to that kind of contentment is, is understanding the character and the faithfulness of God. Boom, right yeah. there. Yeah. That's it. And that's really what I want to teach kids because if you can't start, it's harder to learn things. Like I tried to learn how to ski as an adult. Oh, that's so hard. Have you all tried to learn to ski as adults? It is so hard. It hurts more. The injuries are worse. Like yeah. uh, this faith skiing, like it's why we wrote Flashlight Night. It's why um, if we can just articulate in the hearts of kids how to trust in the dark times, in the dark when you're not seeing yeah. it work out, that is something that I still need as a grown up. But if the children, if we can just teach our kids along the way how to talk to God through these times, that it's not all yeah. going to be great. Um, that was such a motivation to write these kids' books because I think it's harder as you get older because you're facing bigger things sometimes. Maybe in a situation where God's causing us circumstantially to move on to something else. How do you discern that? How do you say, okay, God, I'm gonna wrap my arms around this. I'm gonna just grin and bear it. I'm gonna just knuckle my way through this thing. Or no, I think you're actually moving me to make a change. You know, I remember in Survivor, I was standing on this log and I was standing on it for about eight hours. And I like to grit through things. I have a lot of like, all out, Will. You got a lot of fight, I can just, not so I can much just flight. stay here. I could just hang out here longer, <laughs> longer. And then my body just started shaking. I was so cold. And I'm like, I'm going to fall in. I'm going to fall in this cold water with crocodiles. And I don't want to do that. And what it meant was giving up my pride of seeing how long I could last through this and having a peace that I could find another way out and ask for a ride off. So I took myself out of that because I felt like otherwise I was going to, against my will, fall off. I think life is like that sometimes where we're in these situations and we're trying to stay in it as long as possible. And I think the only way to know what direction to move in is the peace of God. You know, I used to look for fireworks or lights or flashes or like a letter, someone sent me this letter and this, no, it's the peace of God in your heart. 
and having someone that you trust. Tim and I pray about big choices all the time. And when I know he as my husband has peace about something, Mm -hmm. when he doesn't have those like stirring questions or he's kind of wrestling with it, I know it's good to move. And I think one of the best moves we can make is to not move yet. (laughs) Sometimes we think we need to do something when it's like, just be still, wait on God to tell you what to do next. And it might be remain, and it might be get the heck out of Dodge. Right, but get like, off the log. He will give you a peace with it, almost a feeling like you're just moving and you have the peace of God, the protection of God, because he's got a plan for you in that place. And it comes with joy and provision, but it doesn't mean it won't be, won't be difficult. Um, and I do think peace is my directional. I don't know if I can't yeah. speak for anybody else, but when I, I'm looking for some big road sign or like flashing light, it's oftentimes just a, the peace and the quiet I have in talking to him. Um, that's where he shows me what to do or not do. Often, uh, we're worrying about decisions that we have to make. We're not sure which way to go. And what, what's, my, what's my direction indicator? And what does God tell us? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, he says, rejoice. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. He said, and, um, he said, and then let your requests be made known to God uh, with thanksgiving. Present your requests to him. And the peace, that's what you're talking about, mm-hmm. of God will guard your heart and guard your mind like it does with Tim, like it does with you um, in Christ Jesus. And you move toward that peace. And you usually know when you don't go in that direction. Yeah. <laughs> kind of quickly. <laughs> I do. I'm like, whoops. Yeah. I yeah. just rounded third trying to steal home and that was a bad idea. Like you kind of know <laughs> right away when you're in the wrong direction. We have a kind God. Here's the good news. Even when we do and go in the wrong direction, he meets us there. And I do think one of the things that we've been trying to teach kids, even when you're not seeing the answers turn out, continue to talk to God more than anything else. Your kids have asked you for things, right? They've asked you for things. And you said yes to everything. No, right? You haven't asked them. Like my 13-year-old wants to back the car out of the driveway. I'm like, you're not because little girls live down the street and you're not driving out of our driveway. It's illegal. A, you're not ready yet. We say no sometimes for everyone's good. And I think oftentimes communing with God means we're, we would never want our children to not bring us their requests. Like God doesn't want his children to not bring their requests. And so um, we happen to bring ours on a, on a wall in our house and that's the birth of this book. And I hope that it's a method other families can use. Talk to us a little bit more about Flashlight Night. What, what, what's, what's the inspiration for the book and what do you hope people get from it? I love this book. This is God's gift to just, to us to be able to write it. We wrote it actually during um, the shutdown of everything. And we had some things going on. We had a little a little one that we loved that um, we had been praying for and it looked like his healing was gonna come on the side of heaven. Um, I'd asked our kids to pray about big things and small things and they weren't, some of them weren't turning out, Kirk. And I was like, they're gonna think I'm just a liar about relationship with God. I was terrified. And so I wanted a way to teach them and to teach me to communicate with God. So we put all of our prayers on a chalk wall and then we left for a little while. And the story is just that story where the kids then return to the wall. I turn the lights off and brought cookies. You gotta bring cookies. And you flash the light on and you'd see their little handwriting on the things that they prayed for. And so we said, I, I want you to flash the light on where you see God at work, where you see an answer to a prayer that you, you wrote a month ago or a year ago. I said, when you come to something where God hasn't answered your prayer, I want you to be honest. I want you to shut the light off. And the light, it got dark on names, on healing prayers, on trouble. 
And I want you to declare, God, even though I do not see you answering this prayer and it feels like a no, I am choosing to trust you in the dark because Mm. we have to practice trusting in the dark. And these kids need a way to say, this isn't working out. It doesn't mean this is a bad situation that didn't get better, but it doesn't mean God is bad. And my hope is that we can, as adults, continue to shine our light on, declare gratitude in where God's working and be honest with God and say, this feels bad. It feels dark. Yet I will trust you in the dark. That's what scripture instructs us to do for our good and for his glory both. And so flashlight night, actually inside, because I didn't want everybody to go paint a wall in their house. Moms, I'm on your side. You don't have to go paint a chalk wall in your house, okay? Inside the book, on both inside covers, um, is a chalk wall. One of the most beautiful things that we've seen, whether you're a parent or grandparent or a teacher or babysitter, their prayers out loud in writing, in their handwriting, for them to get them out of their heart up to God, but out to sea, and then for them to go and declare the goodness and the hard things is an amazing thing to do with your child. And it's blessed us to see their prayers big and small. Um, And so I hope that that this book blesses families and whether you have a niece or a godchild or a grandchild or a child or a friend down the street, it's it's just a way to talk to God um, in the hard times and in the good times. So Flashlight Night is, just, it's, it was so much I fun to it. write. It was so much fun. Thank you for letting me share about it. I, I love on the back, it says, sometimes we see God's yes, and other times we don't. But just because it hasn't happened, doesn't mean it won't. There's hope. That's right. There's Elizabeth, hope. thank you so much. Thank Thanks for coming you, on Takeaways. Thanks for letting me think about all these big things. Hi, I'm Kirk Cameron. Thanks for listening to this episode of Takeaways. If you love the conversations that we're having, please follow or subscribe to this podcast to never miss any of this great content. And please consider leaving a positive rating and a review to help others like you discover this show.